Yeah, it's been a long time, eh? It has been a long time. So, um, yeah, so just, uh, yeah, thank you, Al, for uh, having, uh, we, we saw each other last week, Friday, I think it was, Saturday, and um, it was just so nice catching up with Al in Milan, and then, uh, and then this transpired. I've, I've been in Durban for the last eight, nine days, um, mainly up in the Midlands, actually, um, taking baths, yeah, you know, uh, but uh, just we as a family are well, uh, we are moving on, I must say, the kids are sort of going, and, uh, but uh, Cape Town has been exceptionally good for us, particularly for Mandy, and I've just seen her blossom over the last three, four years in, in most incredible ways, so it's been, been absolutely wonderful. Um, so when I, I, I traveled through from the Midlands this, uh, this morning, um, and um, I, 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 had a, I had an illustration in mind that I wanted to use, but I realized I didn't have my props. So um, on the way here, I stopped at the garage, and I bought my Wimpy coffee because I needed this. And then I came running in here, and I went to the kitchen, and I found Andrew, and I said, Andrew, I need a container, uh, hopefully a transparent container. And uh, Andrew potted around, and he said, I don't think I can help you go upstairs. So I went upstairs, and uh, I immediately asked. Uh, Michelle was there, and uh, I said to her, uh, can I have a container, transparent? And she said, you can have the first aid box. Uh, but she said, uh, by the way, this happened last week. And I said, what? Uh, said, no, Zelani was up here looking for uh, a container that he wanted to fill up with water. And I said, um, okay, that's quite interesting uh, because I've got a container that I wanted to fill up with water. So Zelani, uh, I might be repeating everything you heard last week. <laughs> or maybe I'm adding to it. Or maybe um, there's a different dimension, a different uh, viewpoint that we need to see. But I was quite intrigued then when I, when I heard Milan talk about water. Yeah. So I must say, I did get quite excited when it was like, oh, wow. Okay, so let's see where this goes. Um, now, what I'm about to do, I've actually never done before, so I'm, I'm hoping that it also works. So uh, let's just try, try that. Um, good. But before we do so, let's um, just get into a bit of scripture. So when, when I chatted to El last week, Friday, um, he, he said, um, can we speak on the spirit? And uh, I'm a little bit like a, an, an artist who's, uh, who likes to paint. And uh, when they're told, paint this, it's as if all inspiration goes. Uh, I, I didn't quite know what to do. Uh, and yet uh, there, there was a spirit and was like, okay, Lord, where's this going? Uh, but in actual fact, it was quite easy because what I'm going to share with you today is exactly uh, where I'm at right now and what uh, the Lord's been speaking to me about. Um, so um, I want to go to Galatians. And I want to read a couple of scriptures from Galatians. I've gone through periods of my life where, where, where the Bible has actually become boring. Um, yeah, where I've, I've sort of thought to myself, I know this. Uh, I'm not quite sure what more to read here. And um, I have put this on silent, but let me put it on airplane mode as well. Um, and that's just the honest reality. You know, uh, I, I gave my life to the Lord when I was four years old, and God changed my life as a four-year-old. Uh, I am testament to the fact that God changes four-year-olds. Um, I always felt different through school because somehow I'd had an experience that, uh, that made me feel different to people. 
Um, and in actual fact, it's one of the things that I've often had to work through my life is the sense of feeling um, a little bit different. Uh, and it, it went back to, um, to my early days of, of a youngster uh, where God was my interest. Uh, God was my being, and I'd come home from school and, and read my Bible uh, and, and just uh, get saturated in it. Uh, what didn't help was I went to an Assemblies of God church um, where I was the only kid in the school who went to the AOG type of thing. You know, it was, um, and we met in an old shop, you know, typical uh, AOG de- um, sort of style. You know, it wasn't a nice big building. Um, and, uh, but yet uh, well, there was this absolute saturation in God, and then, you know, as you go through life, um, you go through the ups and downs of it, and there's times where the Word of God becomes rather dry to you. Um, But about two years ago, um, I just began to see the Bible in a different light, and I began to read it uh, almost through the eyes of the author. And I began to fall in love with the Apostle Paul, uh, because I just look at him and I say, what an amazing, amazing person. I can't wait to meet him. And I just want to say thank you, thank you. Uh, because as you read it through the eyes of the writer, not just looking at scripture, text, but looking at what is the writer saying to us, what is his story in this, you begin to feel the pain, you begin to feel the excitement, you begin to see how radically in love he is with Jesus and Jesus is reality to him. Um, and my encouragement to you is as you read the Bible is, is connect with the story. Try and see it through the eyes of the, uh, of the writer because the writer is writing this with a, with a strong sense of conviction uh, led through the Holy Spirit, but the writer is coming through this. And so I've been just stuck on uh, Paul's um, uh, letters for probably the last two years now. I just haven't gone off them and just keep going back to it. Um, so... Um, I got back to Galatians a couple of weeks ago and uh, just began to reconnect with it. And again, just saying, uh, Paul, what are you saying here? And uh, let me just uh, read a couple of verses to you. So, um, uh, so if we start at Galatians chapter 1, uh, you don't need to follow me. Uh, just uh, follow me. Uh, don't necessarily try and turn to it because I'm going to jump around a bit. So, but Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. What a powerful start to a verse. To a, to a book. Uh, I know who I am. Amanda spoke to us about identity. Um, I know who I am. But uh, let's just carry on a little bit. Um, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I love this. The heart of the Father is great, grace and peace. The heart of the Father is grace and peace. Uh, look at almost every book Paul starts. Grace and peace. The heart of the Father is grace and peace. Um, but let me not get stuck there. Um, uh, let's just go to um, chapter seven, verse 6. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. And I just feel the heart of Paul here. I, I'm astonished. I just, it's unbelievable. I can't, I can't grasp it that you would actually be turning, but I want you to see the words there, from the one who called you to live in the grace. And uh, so maybe take a first note there, live in the grace. Uh, As you read through the book of Galatians, you're going to see the word grace appear often. But I'm astonished that you you would even think of, that it could even enter your mind to depart from 
living in the grace of Jesus Christ. In the grace of Jesus Christ. Um, So Paul almost goes straight to a root of a problem here. Uh, And yet it's probably telling us everything about our walk with Jesus in the grace. Good, uh, let's um, go to chapter 2. And let's head towards the bottom of chapter 2. Uh, let's go to verse um, 16. Know that, okay, let's start by 15. We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. All right? Um, so now we're not talking this word grace, but we're talking a word called faith. And what do we see about faith? Faith in Jesus Christ. So I just take note, uh, he talks about grace in the Lord Jesus, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? Uh, But a different word being used here, we've gone from grace to we've gone to a word faith. As you read through the book of Galatians, you're going to hear the word faith come up quite a few times as well. So we've got the word grace, we've got the word faith. Um, Cool, uh, let's just move on. Um, Let's go to chapter 5. Let's read, a, let's read from verse, um, I can pick a whole lot of verses. Let's just choose verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit. Some other translations might actually use the word in. So walk by or in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So three sort of, Words uh, to just take note of, grace. can't believe you're turning from the grace. Faith, faith in Jesus. Walk in the Spirit, by the Spirit. And so a couple of weeks ago, as I started getting back into Galatians, these three words just began to become alive to me. The word grace, uh, the word faith, and the word in or by the Spirit. Grace, faith, Spirit. Now, one more uh, scripture back in Galatians, and then we'll get on to a little example here. Uh, I find that almost the crux of Galatians is then found in Galatians chapter 2. Um, now let me move on. It's actually Galatians chapter 3. Give me that one up. I would like to learn just one thing from you. He says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 2, Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you have heard? So remember Paul starts the book of Galatians and he says, I'm absolutely amazed. I cannot believe that you would be thinking of something else. Because here's the crux of the matter. Did you receive the Spirit? by works of the law or by other means. So remember, the early church um, saw this incredible movement, change, transformation from what they used to have before, maybe going to a synagogue. And the difference is the Spirit. He says, um, you, you remember beforehand, 
you remember when you came to Christ that you received the Spirit. What are you doing with this now if you're going back? Because you didn't have that before, but now you've got it. So as I read this, I realize that the Spirit wasn't just a thought process. The Spirit was a reality of being. Otherwise, what was the difference? And so Paul's argument to these guys in saying, I can't believe you're going back, is um, what are you going to do with this? It's like if I give one of you a, a million rand <laughs> so that you can uh, change your life and you, and you buy something that changes your life, but you then go back to the old way. And I might say, but what about the million rand? Because you might sort of say, no, nothing in my life has changed. But, but, but yeah, yeah, something did change. Um, because the Spirit was an absolute reality, and because of the Spirit came miracles, came, came stuff. And he repeats it again a little later on, just uh, two, three verses again. He says, so again I ask, says uh, verse 5, does God give you his Spirit and work miracles among you by works of the law or by believing what you heard? Now we've got to question ourselves a little bit and we say, when we talk about the Spirit, has the Spirit come into my life that has made such a significant difference of before and now? We might debate the existence of God, theology, and all these things, but the one thing which should always be a bit of a stumbling block to those who don't believe is, what about the Spirit? What about the Spirit? How do you explain that? Because I can't debate you on all the other things. Because, but what about the Spirit who works in me, who works in you? Lives in us. And so the central challenge of Paul to this church, who, is, um, who he visited three times, who are now trying to go back to an old way of being, living, he says, what are you going to do with this? And remember that everything you've got is because of this word called grace faith, and then this, the Spirit. Good. So let's see how we go here. Um, all right. Let me try and explain this. Uh, Christianity 101. I wish this was really, really see-through. Um, this maybe represents you and me, wimpy coffee. I must say the wimpy coffee has got a bit better over the years. Uh, I used to refuse to drink it, and now I do get it sometimes. All right. Uh, but it's got to be the Americano. All right. This comes from a guy who spends lots of time in coffee shops. Okay. This represents me over and over again, somewhat broken. Sorry, I'm about to destroy you. All right? Now I'm hoping my science uh, from school works. Uh, so I'm putting my wimpy coffee in the water. And as you'll notice... The cup is floating on the water, is not in the water. On the top of the water, the water is absolutely dangerous. Um, I want you to imagine um, being on the sea, uh, where the sea can get rough, get really, really dangerous. Here, the sea is a dangerous thing, 
And to the person who is in this example, remember all examples have a weakness. You can tear this apart later on. But, um, but this represents my life prior, this example, to Christ. The sea, it can be dangerous. God is to be feared. And I hope I'm on his side. Yeah? Because this can begin to get like this. And so for us, sometimes religion can be um, this sort of notion. How do I fix some of these holes that are in my cup? Okay. So from a religious perspective, our focus is often sort of saying, I need to try and fix this. I need to try and fix this. How do I fix this? How do I fix this? Because God is to be feared. God is dangerous. God, I don't, I don't want God to send me to hell. So I better try and fix this. I better try and fix this. Yeah? All right? On the top here, the sea can sometimes be quite a dangerous place and place to be. What the cross does for me, and this is the mystery, it uses my, the hole and the brokenness, and by faith I say safety is only found in going down. Where the cross changes my way of thinking and it says this brokenness is actually my path to being fulfilled. Now, Paul talks about this as being a bit of a mystery because he says, wow, if that's the case, shouldn't we just all go sinning? Because it supports the cross. No, 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 he says. But it is our very brokenness when you and I, through faith, realize we can't fix this. And the way to resolution is going down. I wish it would stay down. But it's sort of down. Okay, it's going to work. Okay, and I know you guys can't necessarily see this. Um, religion, now, now be careful, I don't want to knock religion because there's, you know, like, like we say, Paul talks about, uh, the, the early church spoke about the positives of religion in terms of feeding the poor, looking after the widows. But a religious type of spirit is trying to fix me to stay buoyant. And that's what the Pharisees were really, really, really good at. All right? Faith in Jesus, faith in Jesus is saying, through my brokenness, I go down. That's why baptism is actually quite an important part of what we do. Because we get buried. All right? We're we buried. We, we, we go down. Um, and the open to that is my own brokenness. But now here's a challenge that I find with this little example is that I am now down in this water, but in a sense there is still the brokenness. Yeah? And I found that in serving Jesus, a lot of some of the brokenness doesn't necessarily go away. Right? The vulnerability. Uh, do you guys ever wake up in the morning and you're not Superman? You're not the Black Panther, all right, uh, Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, I often do, you know, and it's as if this brokenness comes in there. But grace is this wonderful word which says, I am now submerged in the water and everything that is his is now mine, even though I still look a little bit like this. That's what we call Grace. That's an interesting thought. Jesus said, abide in me and I will abide in you. Imagine this is the sea. 
And this is me, the vessel. The sea is in me, and I am in the sea. I do not have the whole sea in me, because that's impossible, but yet the sea is in me, because the sea is vast. But I am in the sea, and the sea is in me. How beautiful is that? Although the whole sea doesn't exist in me, in actual fact, the whole sea does exist in me, because the sea is broad, but the sea is in me. And Milan and Alan and all of them are also floating around in, there, in here and the sea is in them, but uh, I am in the sea, they are in the sea too. It, it's just stunning, hey? It's like, um, abide in me and I will abide in you. God is so much greater than, than the sea that is in me, but yet the sea is in me, in almost all its characteristics. And so we find ourselves in this space. Paul complains, I wouldn't say complains about it, but he says something like this, he says... Um, Can you take that away from me? Please take that away from me. Because it's as if the devil comes along and he says, look at the hole, look at the hole, and he begins to poke and he begins to... um, But Paul writes and he says, in here God says, my grace, the water in you, is sufficient for you. It's sufficient. Now I run the risk of uh, doing something like this. Although I am in the sea, I begin to still focus my attention on being in the sea, but fixing this. Yeah? And now I begin to walk in Galatians, which says, according to the flesh. I'm still interested in following this cup. But I forget that when I was up here, it was a vacuum. Now down here, I am filled with Jesus. And that although this is broken, my focus of attention is not on that brokenness. My focus of attention is that which is within. Yeah? So this is where it becomes difficult. It becomes a little bit tricky. It's almost as if everything is permissible for me in here. Because for freedom, Christ has set us free. I am in this water. I'm in it. I'm in this grace. I'm in this faith that has taken me down. But Paul says, guys, don't be silly. Um, Our focus is not this now. Our focus is that which fills it. All right? And so my freedom is used to be more interested in about this wealth of grace which has come to me that is in here. Now the Spirit begins to do some interesting stuff for me. Um, remember this, you can pull examples across there, uh, apart, but the Spirit begins to do something like this to me as well. I just must try and not hurt myself. He begins to start removing some of this away. And the water begins to flow effortlessly through. And one day, I, as a 14, 15-year-old, I'm in a place called Maranatha Park in Johannesburg. I don't even know if it exists still. And uh, I find myself going to the front for prayer. 
And all of a sudden, I'm being prayed for, and I start going, And I begin to feel the most incredible emotions of joy and peace flowing through my body. And I want everybody to go home, and I just want to stay there because God is so good, and God is just filling, and God has just begun to break through a bottomless part of me and just push through. And Jesus said, out the innermost beings of your being will flow these rivers of living water that just begin to come through. It's natural because I'm in the water. But now it's almost as if there's an energy within this which begins to start flowing. And I want everybody to go home because I just want to stay in this incredible presence. But unfortunately, I'm there with other people. just want to stay there. Because the experience of love and joy and peace is just so powerful. Imagine now having experienced all of this and saying, I want to go back to the top. Are you crazy? You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? You have experienced this, where God has burst through. You have known the joy of not having to try and fix this. And as we are God's workmanship, he begins to break through and he begins to do something like this, but some of this still remains. Uh, uh, But Faith says, faith means, um, in spite of this, I know where I belong. Grace means all this water is mine. I think it's quite apt that Jesus finishes the, um, prodigal of the, prodig- uh, the, the, the parable of the prodigal son with these words. Everything I have is yours. You don't need to work for this. So Philip Yancey talks about this as the scandal of grace. The Spirit fills me. The Spirit works in me. uh, And he says, my grace is sufficient for you in this. I choose to focus on the water in and not on on the stuff. And I begin to be led by the Spirit. And the last thing I ever want to do is go back. So the challenge for us as as believers today is, um, are we in the water? Are we experiencing these wonderful words called grace? I know there's a lot of talk about grace and stuff like this. I think for the majority of us, whatever the talk is, the majority of us just haven't experienced it enough. So we might worry about going to excesses of grace. I think most of us are on the other side of the thing, just not experiencing it enough. Because God's grace is just extravagant. I was chatting to a guy two, three weeks ago, and he he used those words to me. He said, God's grace is extravagant. It's extravagant. So my prayer for myself is, as I look at this, is, uh, Lord, help me to remember grace, this beautiful, beautiful word called grace. I'm in the water. Help me to remember faith. It's not my works that take me down. It's you who brings me down. Help me to remember the word spirit. I just play in this water all the time. Now, one day, 
my wimpy coffee cup is going to turn into a beautiful, beautiful wine crystal goblet. And I won't have this anymore. That word is called hope. But you're not even going, aren't you? One day, wimpy's out. No longer paper, messy. I am this beautiful, beautiful crystal wine glass or whatever. And how that looks, I don't know. But John writes and he says, um, you know, we don't quite know yet, but we know it will not be like this. Until then, God's grace is sufficient for all these ruddy holes. And I don't focus on them. I focus on the water that begins to flow through. So finally, uh, just thinking about this, um, the Spirit is real to us. The Spirit is practical. Has the Spirit whispered, whispered a word to you today? Have you asked the Spirit? Because if I'm in the water, it might just be, um, Spirit, what's the word? When I was in the car and I just parked here, it was, um, just give me the one word. What's the word today? Um, and it was just uh, that gentle whisper of the word be. Just be. I'm so glad in Sarepta I can just be. I've been quite good. I've kept my shoes on. All right. Uh, be. Now, remember, my brokenness might cloud the words that I hear a bit. Yeah, that's possible. Doesn't matter. Spirit, what's the word? As you walk into work, what's the word for me today? Just whisper in my ear. Just whisper in my ear. What are you saying to me today, right now? We should all be able to hear because we're in the water. Another thing um, goes along these lines. Um, have you allowed God to burst through the, this side and fill you? I often, I cannot tell you how often I, I sort of say, say this to myself. The gift in life that I am most grateful for is this gift called tongues. Cannot express it enough. There's not a day that goes by where I'm not, uh, it just doesn't come out. Uh, sometimes it might even just be in my mind, uh, just talking through it um, as, I'm, as I'm about to talk to a group of people. But inside, something begins to well up within. Um, some people might doubt it and say, oh, what a load of trash that is. Uh, yeah, you can doubt it. Boy, does it work for me. Does it change my life? Totally. And then because of the Spirit, uh, we should be hungry for uh, the other gifts that begin to flow. Hungry for miracles. Uh, because we are like fish in water. And they should be around. Hungry for wisdom. Hungry for the fruit to just be flowing from us. Because the Spirit is real. Yeah. Solani, I have no idea where you went with this, um, and I'm, I'm hoping it's just been an add-on or just uh, really, really working with it. Um, I would love to hear. Um, uh, so, Sarepta, let's, uh, let's bow our heads. Let's just, or do whatever. I think keep your eyes open if you want to. We thank you, Lord, for just the incredible simplicity yet profoundness of the gospel. Thank you for a wonderful, wonderful word called Grace. 
undeserved favor, where I swim in this water, not because I've done anything to deserve it. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to walk in grace. Paul challenges them. He says, I can't believe that you're, you've walked away from walking in grace. May we be gracious to each other. And may we be full of grace in our own lives. We thank you for faith. Faith which almost takes us down. Faith which says, come through the woundedness, Lord. Come through the brokenness. And faith says to us things like this, that although there are scars, there are challenges, although I am a um, broken person, I too am a lion. I am strong. I conquer in Jesus. I walk tall. That is faith. Spirit, we recognize that we can use all of this for our own our own selfishness and strangely we mostly will still find ourselves in that water but that's not how it's meant to be flow through us Holy Spirit let the living water flow lift our hands Lord Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, la, 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 We stand in awe. You are extravagant, Lord Jesus, Father. Do you think that you take us and you allow us to be in this incredible immersion with you? What grace. Tala, So as we sing, I want to invite you say, Holy Spirit, whisper to me. What's the word for me today? Why not? You're in him.